A quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. This is Matt Walters here with Mike Frost and today we're going to discuss options, puts, calls, and everything in between with our good friend Jay Pestricelli from Zega Financial. Before we introduce Jay, uh, first things first, I want to introduce um, the guys and gals here at the office. So we have Mike, VP and financial advisor here, as well as Natalie, our producer and marketing director. How are you guys both doing today? Natalie? I'm doing great. Same here, Matt. Ready to go. Awesome. David is out this week on vacation, enjoying a little time away, um, which is well-deserved. So it's just me and Mike on the call today. And, and like I said, we have a very special guest. We've really been looking forward to having Jay um, on the podcast. Many of our clients, clients that are listening You've probably met Jay or seen Jay at one of our events or heard him speak. Um, we've been working with Jay for a long time. But um, Jay Pescicelli, for those of you that don't know, is the CEO and co-founder of Zega Financial. Like I said, we've worked with Jay for years now. and he's they've Zega runs some of our most successful strategies. That um, And their team, Jay and his team, really bring a lot of value and expertise to the table for, for our clients here at Mach 1. Jay has t- over 20 years of experience in the financial markets. Uh, prior to launching Zega, he spent t- 12 years at uh, TD Ameritrade, where he led the, uh, his business unit to become the number one in trade volume among U.S. brokers. So had a lot of success at TD Ameritrade before uh, st- co-founding Zega Financial. Jay's also a regular contributor on NASDAQ Trade Talks, TD Ameritrade Network. He's regularly quoted in top news outlets, including Bloomberg, The Street, Market Watch, U.S. News, World Report, Fox Business, and CNBC. It sounds like he's on a little bit of everything. So, Jay, happy to have you on today. How's it How's it going down in Palm Beach? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate the, the chance to talk uh, with your clients again. And how's it going in Palm Beach? It's hot. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the summer. It's hot, <laughs> man. Um, let me see. It's, it's, yeah, it's 90 degrees and humidity is like 90%. So, yeah. we're inside. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. But I'd say it's it's not the worst place to be quarantined. That's true. That yeah, is, that is a good point. At least, you, yeah, you have good views. Can't complain about the views. So, um, <laughs> that's very true. All right. So I want to start with just to kind of get the conversation started. Zega Financial. So you co-founded Zega Financial, right? You're at TD Ameritrade. You guys and your strategies at Zega are very unique. You use a lot of options, and we'll get into that here in a minute. But just walk us through briefly what why you started Zega, kind of what, where that came from and, you know, just walk us through that and kind of introduce what that looked like for you. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That's right. Uh, I co-founded Zega Financial with Wayne Ferber, one of the other money managers that you guys use. Wayne and I started Zega back in 2010 and we started it under the premise that we believed options were a better way to invest over the long term. You know, people hear options and they think speculative trades, and I know we'll get into that in a, in a little bit more, but we believed options were a better alternative and no better way to manage risk. And so when we founded Zega, our vision really centered around creating solutions that could provide consistent asset growth and being disciplined about where we take risk, and really, more importantly, how we could control it. So, you know, we do this by 
Today, we do it by leveraging strategies that uh, uh, are either protective and we pair them with unique option tactics that are both actively managed and really regularly monitored. You know, that's one of the things about options that you can't do a set it and forget it approach when it comes to options, but they can provide superior risk adjusted returns. So whether someone has a risk tolerance that, you know, is conservative or aggressive, you know, we, we believe options give us the chance to provide solutions best aligned with client goals. It's really important just to, to be able to measure that uh, and options give you the chance to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Mike? So, Jay, uh, they obviously during this recent pandemic and the market dropping off 30% and, you know, you're talking about protecting. So how have your strategies worked out? Yeah. So, you know, so well, so to answer the question, I'm not going to avoid the, the, the answer. They've worked uh, well. They did their job. They protected. I'll give you a quick, quick example of this. You know, when we look at the market drop that went, I don't know, what do we go from top to bottom? 35% no matter of like three and a half weeks, like the fastest decline of that amount ever. Um, uh, when we, you know, we are long-term investors. And when we look back, how did our portfolios perform during that time frame? Um, it was, uh, it was, we didn't go down nearly that amount, you know, for clients that have been in our strategies for a while, they were only down say five or 6% over the year, right? So when the market hit, it's very low, uh, without getting into too specific about performance in general, our hedged equity strategy was only down about five or 6% at the bottom of the market. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, doing exactly what it's supposed to do. We're always talking to clients about, you know, exactly what you call your strategy, you know, let's buy, but let's hedge. And so one of your strategies we use a lot, buy and hedge retirement, um, did did quite well and did exactly what it was supposed to do. So how, um, let's take a step back. We did a we did a very brief kind of general options education podcast several episodes ago. But when you as an options expert, when somebody comes to you and just says, Jay, like give me a 30 second explanation or convert like what is an options contract what's what's like your extremely high level explanation of what that is because a lot of people listening this might be brand new you know information or or stuff for them yeah i'll I'll give you it's hard to do 30 seconds with options they are a little more sophisticated but i'll do my best so the 30 second version is that an option contract literally it's a contract traded between two parties uh, where they both agree on some sort of a buy or sell action on a stock at a particular price by a specified date. Now that that that's like the official definition, and it seems deliberately vague and confusing. And right. so, while and I'm not trying to be that way, so while I could probably construct a bunch of market examples to help you understand it, um, it's easier to maybe use a real life example because maybe we don't know this. Everybody is an option trader in their regular lives; they just may not know it. So I'll give a perfect example. You ever use a coupon to buy something at the grocery store? How about even a pizza? right? A coupon gives you the right to buy something, a pizza, at a specific price, maybe it's a $10 coupon, by a certain date, which is the expiration of the coupon. That's a call option. That's really what it is. And so I could give similar examples on puts, but options really, you know, there's a price, there's a date, uh, uh, and then there's an underlying vehicle, right? And those, the option really is a way of representing that. And that, you know, that's the high level uh, uh, you know, way to, that, that I like to think about it. And while I, I know this is really intellectually stimulating, um, <laughs> I know we have to, we have to connect how options can help you invest. And so I think you're probably going to get to that in a minute, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I know a lot of people that have been introduced to options, but don't truly understand them, which I would say are probably a lot of investors out there, right? They've heard the word 
or their term options, contracts, options trading before, but they don't understand how they're priced, how they can be traded, how they can be used. There's, there's this, in my opinion, a lot of people look at them as a, and you mentioned it earlier, as a purely speculative or risky trade. Um, Explain why that might be the case or why that might be someone's initial thought process or understanding and why that's not factual, why that's not true. Yeah, you know, um, we hear a lot about options uh, uh, and people talking about, ooh, I think Apple's going to go to 300. That's a way that I can make money on that. And they, it's it's always like that speculative thinking that causes people to take speculative positions. And guess what? Speculation is, you know, a low probability, you know, investment, right? It's you're speculating. You're you're almost betting and gambling on a lot of things. And so the thing that I like to remind people about options is options are a zero sum game. What that means is there's a winner and a loser in every one of those trades. So for all of those speculators that have, you know, lost money because they think options are risky. There's somebody that made money on the other side of every one of those trades. Right. Right? Every time someone lost money, somebody made money. And so for us, when we think about options, yes, they have a speculative aspect to it. Um, but the other part about them is that they can be just as useful when it comes to protection and income. So if somebody is speculating that the market will go down 10%, there's somebody on the other side of it that will benefit when the market goes down or lose when the market goes down 10%, right? Like there's winners and losers on both sides of this. And so every, for every, now the, the difference is most of the time, a lot of the people, there's a lot of people that would say lose on a speculative bet where there's one main winner on the other side of it, right? right. Uh, because they just, they took all that volume because they like to take very predictive returns, right? They like to be able to measure the risk. And I guess I'll, I'll leave it to you to guess which side we prefer to be on, the speculative side or the protective and more manageable side. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no leading the witness there. Yeah. The One of the things the uh, that I was really looking forward to talking to you about, because you know, we talk on a regular basis, but um, wanted to get more of your insight on the last you know six months have been historically volatile, right? We've seen volatility that we maybe haven't seen ever before definitely haven't seen really ever. i hadn't i hadn't noticed yeah <laughs> yeah so i thought this would be new information for you but what does that mean so everybody knows right everybody watches cnbc fox news cnn like you see all the headlines s&p's down 10% 30% whatever but what does that volatility mean for the way these contracts these options contracts are priced is is that creating opportunity do you as an options trader options expert look at that volatility and get really excited and see a ton of opportunity? Is it stress you out like everyone else who just owns stocks that get stressed when there's, you know, the market's going down? What is, what are your thought processes? I, I'd like to say yes to both of those, right? If that's possible, because, yeah. uh, yeah. So volatility is a really interesting component of option pricing and, you know, volatility is a term I think we typically use for, you know, the chance the market can go down. Right. That's kind of the equivalent of what that what that means for us. But, you know, volatility is a statistical measurement of how much something moves every day. Right. And more volatility means options just get a little more expensive because there's a greater chance of a bigger move. Um, the thing about options, and we mentioned earlier, it's a it's a thing about a specific price at a specific time. The time function of option is one that I think sometimes gets a little glazed over with people that are just learning about options because 
you know, they think about price first, right? In that example I gave you about Apple, oh, I think Apple's going to go to three or four hundred dollars. Well, they started with the price. price they price. didn't say by when. Yeah, in three decades. Yeah, that seems like a pretty safe bet to me. <laughs> Tomorrow, I don't think that's a safe bet. Right. So that time component is so important, and the more volatile the market is the uh, greater the chance of a wide movement there is, up or down. So from an options perspective, yes, uh, they get very interesting when the world is more volatile, when the market is more volatile, sometimes scary, sometimes um, uh, greedy, right? Fear and greed, are they are, they are partners in the, this market that we do. And, uh, and I would say that uh, there are times that option volatility, the pricing of option volatility uh, increases even on the way up. Uh, this past week, and I know I'm being really specific about today, but this past week, you know, the market had some pretty good moves up, not today particularly, but the market moved up pretty quickly. Right. Guess what? Option volatility increased, which meant there was more speculation. People were willing to pay more for an option, you know, yesterday than they were, say, last week, even on the upside. And so it's one of those things that volatility is a really complicated topic. Now, do we do we still feel the emotion at Zega Financial when the market gets uh, bumpy? I've been trading 25 years and I know for a fact you're not supposed to get emotional about the market. It's just really hard to avoid that. Um, it just happens. And yes, we have fast news cycles and, you know, CNBC sells eyeballs and ears. Right. And yeah. so they have to make it exciting. Right. They're getting they want people tuning into CNBC. We have a little. uh we have a little saying around here at Zega that when the change of the Dow makes the local news, right? So when the local news tells you how much the Dow moved down that day, that's probably the bottom of the market, right? Because when all of a sudden it becomes so frothy uh, that, uh, that it, oh my gosh, now everybody's paying attention to it, that's probably been enough, right? Yeah. So emotion is a real interesting piece of this. I dedicated two chapters of our, uh, of our book to uh, to telling people, don't be emotional. It's your enemy. Uh, but the f my favorite phrase I like from uh, from one of those chapters is, "Have you ever made a decision and then later said, wow, I wish I was more emotional about it?'" Yeah, <laughs> never, <laughs> right. never. So you know, taking emotion out is really hard to do. And even with all of our experience, you still think about it. But the great thing is, when you're disciplined uh, and you have a, a a model that you follow and you have rules that you follow, it uh, doesn't matter how crazy everybody is. Uh, you just have to be, you know, sympathetic and empathetic to your clients while managing, you know, the 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 way that you know you should do. I always get a, a big kick out of the CNBC, you know, headline. That's that's like the first thing I pull up in the morning just to kind of see what yeah. the futures are doing, and you know, and it, there's always a perfect explanation for why the futures are at where they're at, and they'll, it's like they've got it nailed down exactly <laughs> what's happening, but then they'll flip. So let's say like the evening, you know, aftermarket futures are positive but then the next morning you know they're down really like quite a bit going into the open like yeah they'll be completely opposite explanations for both like they have this thing figured out nothing changed overnight right there was not any new headline that came out and it's just it's funny to see them those you know the media outlets and stuff trying to put such a precise reasoning behind all of this movement and all of yeah, the, why it's happening. You're, you're right. And the moral of the story is don't buy into the hype, right? right? Have a plan. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love when people like say, oh my gosh, the market's doing X, Y, Z. And you go, who cares? How are you doing? Right. There's a goal for you. We're investing over the long term. If we were a day trading shop, then yes, that would be, <laughs> that would be a different story, but we're not, you're not. So, uh, you know, it's about 
meeting goals, right? And then when I described what Zega was about, it was about creating consistent and predictable returns over the long period of time, because that's how you could plan for your future. And most investing is long-term planning, not month-by-month trading. Right. And Jay, you were kind enough to come and speak at our Huckabee event this year. And I remember one of the key phrases you used there. Somebody asked you about, you know, what, what's getting ready to happen to the market? Are you concerned about the downturn? And your answer was, no, I'm not worried about it a bit. And based off of what you do and the trading of the options and art, that's exactly why. You know, create the plan, like you said, uh, and, and work the plan. And I, I almost feel like uh, the market gods punished me for saying that because like two weeks later, <laughs> it dropped another 20%. Yeah. But, but seriously, but it didn't matter. Like uh, your clients, my clients stopped losing money, right. right? As you know, well before all of that sell-off really happened. It, it didn't mean, you know, things weren't volatile and other strategies, but the main protective strategies, they did what they, they were designed to do. But I, <laughs> I always wonder when you tempt fate like that, how it always kind of comes back to you. Yeah. So it wasn't done deliberately. My apologies. Well, not to quote anyone directly, but, and there's quite a few quotes out here like this, but you know, the number one um, key to building wealth is not losing money. Right. And so that's kind of the overarching theme of Zega Financial is hedging, having a plan, you know, taking managed risk, knowing the upside, the downside, having those defined as much as possible. Yeah, Um, for sure. So, so I know I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I, I watch a lot of your videos. You know, you're, you're like this famous TD Ameritrade guy, always on the on NASDAQ. Thank you. So that's nice. To they see. always, they always ask you for like an, uh, an example trade or like a sample trade. So let's say the goal, and I really am putting you on the spot. I didn't necessarily ask you uh, ahead of time, but let's say the goal, we have a, we have a 60 day goal to produce, you know, one or 2%. And there's just like this target return over a target period of time, specific period of time. Give us a very hypothetical trade and what that could look like that you might be looking at. Yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll tell you about a trade that we, we actually did today. So in a, in a, in a strategy that we're running, uh, uh, that is really meant to replicate bond like returns. Right. And in those scenarios, in the example you just gave here, like, Hey, let's say I want to make, you know, 1% in two months, right. That, uh, and I want to do that. Uh, uh, I want to do that six times a year so that I can make five to six percent a year. Right. Let's just say that's that's the approach here. Those kind of trades are very doable, but you always have to start with risk. You always have to say. And I mentioned earlier, you talk about measuring the risk. And so uh, the trade that we will uh, that, that we're looking to do right now is uh, in the uh, uh, high yield market because we like the dividends and high yield right now. And so we believe you could put on, uh, I mean, you asked for specifics. I'm going to give you specific, you know, numbers here. Okay. But the trade we're trying to put on right now is using the HYG, which is the high yield, one of the high yield ETFs. It's a put spread. Uh, it's trading at about 83 bucks. Um, we're trying to sell the 82 by 80 put spread. And we're trying to make about a dollar on that. And that's about two or three months out. Now, what does all that mean that I just said? And so without getting into too much you know, mumbo jumbo on this, essentially, we can put on a position that uh, no matter how far HYG drops, I stop losing money if it goes below 80, right? A spread has a very defined range. It's between the strikes. And so three points on an $83 uh, stock is less than 5%. It's probably more like four. Um, but I'm going to try to make a dollar as long as HYG stays above 82. And if I do that, um, a dollar on, you know, an $82 stock. Okay. That's about my, you know, 1%. It's a little better than that. And so, um, uh, that is a very defined outcome trade. I know the worst thing that could happen to me is I could lose a dollar, the difference between the strikes, but I, I keep a dollar. So I could lose two bucks 
but I'm going to make a dollar. Right. So either make a dollar or I lose a dollar on that trade. And if HYG, if you know, if we have another major high yield scare like we had in March, I don't care how low it goes, I stop losing money at that 80 strike. And so that's a very risk-defined trade. Um, it has a very defined outcome um, for a defined period of time. And guess what? We do that over a series of trades, and uh, we get to reap. Feels like we replicate the return of that high yield uh, ETF. By the way, that high yield ETF is paying six percent a year. Guess what? The trade I just told you was a dollar every two months, six percent a year, right around that. So you know we're able to replicate a dividend strategy without taking all the risk of holding the underlying. Right. So thanks for, I hope that wasn't too detailed. I don't mind you yeah. putting me on the spot, but then I get a little nerdy if, if I don't have too much time to, to, to broaden it out. Yeah. It sounds like you, you actually think about this stuff from time to time, being able to just answer that. We, we, we may, we may yeah, give it a little thought. Good, so, good point. So that's, that's on the, you know, uh, income generating, you know, generating a yield as the, as it, to wrap things up and we're already getting short on time. Time always flies by on these podcasts, but that's my fault. I apologize. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. So we're in Walmart. <laughs> we're in Walmart country, right? We use this example all the time. You guys bring a lot of value to some of our clients with some, sp you know, unique hedging, um, providing downside protection. So let's give, let's walk through a quick example of, let's say somebody has a lot of their net worth tied into a one particular company. Maybe it's a former Walmart executive or former, you know, we have a lot of vendors here in the Northwest Arkansas area um, they own a lot of stock in one company. They can't afford to sell it because of the tax consequences, but they're getting older and they don't love having 80% of their net worth tied to one company's stock, right? What, and we've, we've done, we have done this for clients. You've done this. So this is a real life example. When we're bringing those scenarios to you and we're saying, Jay, what can we do for this client? What are, what are the options and what are, what's Zega doing for us there? Yeah, one of the so you're absolutely right. As somebody, uh, as the risk tolerance drops, as they get older, having 80% of their wealth in a single stock uh, is very risky. Uh, what people may not realize is that uh, you know the volatility of a single stock is much much greater than the than the indexes. Um, we did a study. Even Apple, by the way, Apple people forget Apple dropped in 2018. You know, from peak to trough by almost you know 40%. That was Apple. Right. So anything could happen. You know, you find out there's some scandal in the company. It's just risk that is uh, if you don't have time, uh, you really shouldn't take. And so we do what we call we call this concentrated hedging or low cost basis hedging. And uh, you can use options to limit your exposure to a sell off um, using put options. Puts give you the right to sell. Let's let's say, for example, you just uh, uh, you bought you know, 120 puts or 115 puts on Walmart. They give you the right to sell Walmart at that price, Walmart stock at that price, no matter where it's trading. So if Walmart dropped to 50 bucks and you have the 120 put, you have the right to sell it at 120. I don't care how low it goes trading, right? So it goes down. So that's why it's almost like an insurance policy. Sure. Right? Uh, uh, and 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 uh, and you guys do a lot of insurance work, and so this is not necessarily that, but this is insuring a concentrated position, and so you can not only protect it, but then you can also make a little money scheduling your eventual diversification. So what do I mean by that? Is well, you know, you need to sell it. So great, if it drops that much, and I have this put, I'm still long all this Walmart stock, but you want to sell as it goes up over time. Well, there's ways we could generate some income with call selling, people have heard of covered calls, call selling on that Walmart. So as it's going up and out in time, we can just find, hey, I want to sell 
in 2020, another 10% in 2021. And you could just start scheduling the eventual diversification of that position, all the while being protected against a broad-based, you know, longer-term recession, not like the one we're having now, which is, it seems like it's going to be deep and quick. But if you, you know, nobody wants to be, nobody wanted to start retirement in 2000 or 2008, right? Those are pretty bad years. And if your money was tied up in that, in that single stock, it could seriously change your plan. And so not having a hedge uh, or any protection there uh, is rough. But if the eventual plan is to sell it, great. Well, let's schedule that. Let's figure out what that is. Oh, and by the way, if the market does tank and you're holding that stock, we're going to make you some money on those long puts as the market goes down. And you will have, it doesn't mean you won't lose money that year, but you're going to lose a lot less than everybody else and potentially put some cash in your pocket while never selling stock. One of the one of the things I love uh, I love about our relationship with Jay is it's it's unique, right? We there's no you don't work with and confirm this. Uh, I hope I'm right, or this would be kind of awkward. You don't work with anyone else in the area, right? Northwest Arkansas. Awkward. No, no, no. You guys are <laughs> yeah. for Northwest Arkansas. You guys are you guys have been a great partner with Zega. We've been working together uh, with Mach One for over five years. Um, uh, and we just, we really appreciate the partnership. I would come down there every week if I didn't think I was going to annoy you guys. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, really I, 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 you know, I've always appreciated it and you guys are, 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 are one of our biggest clients for sure. And, uh, it's been a longstanding and really constructive relationship for both of us. So yeah. thank you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and when Jay, and we appreciate you because you've done a lot of great work for our clients and just like when the market tanked here uh, in March, we actually had a client send us a a fruit basket saying, thank you. The market's down 30% and they were down only single digit. So thank you. You're a big reason for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Did you just save me some fruit? I feel like I got no, at least one no. piece of fruit. We ate it very no, quickly. Didn't yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, no, seriously. And, and I really do respect, um, by the way, we are not huge. We're really a boutique manager, right? We are specialized. We're not, well, we may have, you know, individual accounts somewhere spread across the, the country. We really are uh, uh, focused in what we do. We are really, by definition, a boutique firm. And we, again, uh, we're happy that you guys use us uh, constructively within the portfolios. And we think you're doing your clients real benefit. So hats off to you guys for putting your clients, you know, protection and risk first. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Hey, Jay, you mentioned earlier, and I just want to give you a big, another plug, uh, your book. Can you tell us the name of the book and where people can find it? Ah, yes. The name of the book is uh, Buy and Hedge, The Five Iron Rules for Investing Over the Long Term. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. We actually just republished it. It's not a new uh, version, but I changed publishers recently. So yeah, feel free to, uh, you can buy it on Amazon. There it is. Easy enough. Awesome. Okay. Well, Jay, as always, we appreciate your your insight and expertise. And uh, we we definitely plan on having you back here on here the podcast here in the next couple months. Hopefully, be a regular guest of the show. So we appreciate. Yeah, I'd it. love to, love to. Thanks, guys. Thank awesome. you, Jay. All right. So to wrap up, as always, submit any questions that you have uh, for the podcast on the website. Um, you can go to the podcast section and submit the question directly there, or you can email us at podcast at mock one financial dot com. Uh, we we are going to have a, a CPA on the show here in the coming weeks, as well as an attorney that we do a lot of work with both. So if you have any estate planning questions, uh, tax planning questions, now would be a great time to jump on the website, submit those questions, and we'll be sure to answer those on those upcoming shows. Mike, as always, I know you have a thought of the day for us. What, what you got for today? Well, knowing that we were having Jay on here today, I thought this was an appropriate quote from Zig Ziglar. It says, expect the best. Prepare for the worst 
capitalize on what comes. Bam. That's like the new quote that we need to put that on Zega's website or something. Cause that's, that's a beautiful fit. So and Natalie as always. Thanks for producing the show. She's the one who does all the hard work. So thanks Natalie for doing all the work. That's it for today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast and we look forward to, to you joining us next time on the Mach one market moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mach-1financial.com disclosures.